Warning, the following show is intended for mature audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Because the mics were off, but now the mics are on. (laughs) Wow. What are these days? There's too many things. Guys, I seriously, I try very hard. There's just way too many components of doing this on your own while running the show. Uh, Not making excuses. It's just, you know, it's fun. (laughs) It's always a challenge. Everything's a challenge. Uh, All right. So let's get, let's get started today. We have uh, a lot to cover. There's, uh, there's been a lot going on. I mean, it's been insane. Well, hold on, hold on. Happy 2021. Oh, okay. Cheers. Cheers. All the liquid spilled on all the technology around. Yeah, finally, for a lot of of people, 2020 is over and 2021 looks just as bad. Yeah, it's starting out. It's like 2020, (laughs) hold my beer and watch this. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I just always, I, I was, I found it funny when all of this. Um, you need a checklist. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I've tried to get a checklist going, but it, as these programs update and everything changes, like the settings change, the um, it, it's it's really. I mean, it's so fun. You, know what, you probably got like I don't know eight or nine different programs all running that. All oh yeah, are, all are just like a program out of the box. You know, they're all connected to the internet. They're all updating automatically yes. software. So you go in to check it, and it's like. They moved my buttons. They yes. now changed everything. Like, why do you have to change everything? Well, now, and that's what it is. Eight. You have different softwares. You have Google owns YouTube. They come up with updates. Google last year alone came up with 3,200 updates in one year. Every time they change algorithms, updates, features, settings, as technology gets better, then they're switching the inputs of how you can stream videos, how you can stream audio. So you have all of these things going on all at the same time. And I'm in real estate. I'm not in streaming, you know. So it's it, not like we're doing it's, this it's every whole, single day. All yeah, day. It's, it's a like, whole no, learning it's, curve it's, here. It's every Friday. But so. yeah, so hopefully everybody can hear us, see us. Everything works well. Um, give us a like. Hit that like button. Yeah, just give us a little thumbs up. Let us know that everything's good. But yeah, I mean, everybody's, you know, oh my god, screw 2020. I'm so happy. I'm so ready for 2020 to be over. And I was just like, I was, I kept thinking to myself and I kept telling Val, I was like, what makes people think that 2021 is any different? Well, especially the start of it. It's like, it, it's not like a magical thing cuts it off. Like, oh, everything goes back to normal. No, it's but like, oh, it even if you're saying, you know, hey, look, it's the end of 2020. We have, um, you know, like the, the COVID, uh, the COVID, the, the, the China virus <laughs> is under control. The economy's starting to turn around. All these. Okay, now I see what you're looking at. But even till the end of December, there were still more and more bad news coming out. So, you know, I was just like, you guys are setting very unrealistic expectations for yourselves for 2021. And I think that really affects you in a in a very negative way, because you're for whatever reason, you're expecting the year changing to change your life. And well, I mean, here that's just not going to happen. What I was doing right here is they just released the unemployment to data at eight o'clock. And economy sees job loss in December for the first time since April as surging virus takes toll. As the yeah. article had just, had just, that news just broke. And they kind of expected that like coming into it, but then they're like, what are the numbers? So I don't know what the official numbers were, but that article just came out um, that jobs law were lost in December for the first time since April as virus surging. 
virus takes control. I mean, I guess, you know, we always put it, or at least try to put an agenda together before the Coffee with the Johns, but it always ends up changing when we do go live. But, you know, let's jump around a little bit, but kind of hitting on the virus. um, Now there's a mutation of it. Multiple. You know, now now the virus, it's not enough that, you know, we, we got hit with COVID and it's, it is what it is. But now on top of all of this, there's a new strain, a new variant of this that came out in the UK. It's a uh, new one in Africa, new one in Texas, new one in Washington. Yeah, this is kind of like, it, it's now in, in, um, we have it in, in the, uh, man, what are the words? Well, my thing with it is, is like, is it just the media catching on to these little things and pushing it? Cause the, the flu virus, it mutates every single year to where like yeah. the flu vaccine goes for the previous years, not the current years. And it's like a new virus comes out to where you can still get sick. So like viruses mutate all the time. So how much of that is the media trying to keep people's eyes, keep people's attention? Cause I mean, media fear gets eyeballs. Well, the so thing that, is that how much is it spreading that versus issue, how much of a big issue is it? What it seems the issue with this virus is that it, it seems to, well, like everything, it seems to spread faster according to the studies and all that. And um, so it's saying that the virus is spreading faster. It's already in California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, New York. So it's in a lot of the major states, heavy populated, of course, it makes sense. But what's crazy, they were saying that a lot of the people that have come up infected with this were haven't shown that they were outside of the U.S. So they're saying so it's not they are not the source either. You know, it's other people that have been the source. So they are saying that this new strains could have hit the U.S. starting in at some point in December. So then you have Pfizer came out and they're doing studies with uh, a Texas medical center. And they're saying that their their vaccine is effective against 16 different mutations of the coronavirus. I think how do you check? Different mutations. Yes. Like what that uh, Molly puts on here. I would like to cancel my 2021 subscription. My free seven day trial was not a great experience. <laughs> <laughs> if it was possible, I think there's a lot of people that'd be like, mm, yes. I want my refund for 2020, please. That was not fun. Well, I mean, so you have all that coming up and why is this important? And if, I mean, you know, if you haven't figured out how much COVID affects the economy, you know, this is why this is important because you're looking at the the rise of, you know, you're looking at the rise of this new strain. They're saying it spreads faster. It's more contagious. The vaccine from what I've been seeing over the holidays, it's not getting really good reviews. I mean, they're, they're coming up with more side effects. There are people that directly after the vaccine are ending up in the hospital very severely ill. Uh, if people that have gotten the vaccine end up getting COVID anyway, when supposedly, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but when you're saying it's 94% effective, I would think that that means it's 94% effective. So there's a 6% chance that you can catch COVID. Well, just like the, the flu vaccine is not, is only like 70 percent yeah. but then they're saying this is more effective but well, then the there's flu vaccine is 70 percent effective against one strain or all the previous strains like yeah, kind of in one cocktail but, but they do like one more than all the others 
supposedly and like because it's percentages of all the strains and there's one that's heavy but regardless uh what i'm saying is like everybody's holding up hope for this vaccine and it's gotten terrible reviews right so one of the things that i brought up to you yesterday that i was like you know what's crazy is that the vaccine was initially launched to all the first responders all the you know all the people that are very crucial and important and at high risk they are essentially the guinea pigs to this vaccine i'm like what the hell happens if this vaccine goes horribly wrong you know and, I was like, and all of our first responders now people responders that treat this thing like oh oops like, yikes you know a lot, a lot i mean of- I, I like i told you just so like i highly doubt oh, of course that, like if there was ever a case of that happening in any large any form of percentage at all they wouldn't have released it out because yeah. it's like yeah the first people you do get it are your doctors your nurses your first responders so it's like we can't give the thing that if there's a any form of any one percent chance that somebody dies from this thing it's like we can't be releasing that because one out of a hundred on an already strained system like i i highly doubt that that could happen that like could it happen obviously you didn't test it against every person when every person's different um i don't see it well i'm moving this up but if you wanted to talk about the uh, what new york is doing uh with detaining people that that was pretty nuts oh well it was a bill that they pushed out through i think it was in december um and basically what it was is that a new york democrat bill would that would allow the governor or his surrogates to detain individuals who pose a threat to public health by a single order in a medical facility or other appropriate facility basically saying that hey um and this is straight from the bill. I was like, the governor or his or her degree may, in his or her discretion, issue and seek enforcement of any other orders that he or she deems are necessary or appropriate to prevent dissemination or transmission of contagious diseases to require an individual who has been exposed to or affected by a contagious disease to complete an appropriate prescribed course of treatment, preventative medication, or a vaccination. So by order, one person in the governor can say, hey, you are a threat to society, so we are going to come detain you and put you in a medical facility. Like, And it's purposely left vague, so this bill can be used over time in fluid without order and votes and being changed. It's like, how wrong could that go? And the person that got me was saying, like, or a vaccination. Being mm-hmm. the governor can come in and say, I have, I'm forcing every single person in my state to have a vaccination. And it's like, that's what that's leading into. And it's just like, wow. oh my God, like yeah. how, where do people stand up and be like, mm, that's probably not a good idea. Like we, this needs to be more specific of a bill to saying, you can't come in here and say, I'm a threat to my children and you're going to come to the child protective service is going to come take my children from me because there's a mental health or a contagious disease or something like if you stand up saying i'm not gonna take i'm not gonna take the vaccination i'm not wearing masks like this is bs i don't believe the thing and like they can come in and say mm, you post on social media knock 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 they take your kids and they have the legal power to do something like that it's like mm, that's that's scary well, i mean i i don't know if you heard but uh there was like apparently like two or three people decided to march on washington <laughs> this week two or three <laughs> yeah so uh, the Capitol had a bit of a protest, right? Um, and it, it was horrible what happened. 
Uh, the, I read recently a police officer died because of injuries sustained. You know, yeah, five, few, now five, the five people, five. five people have died. So, I mean, it was terrible. And whether you agree or don't agree with it, but that is the issue that you're having when you are slowly taking people's livelihoods away. You are taking their decision making away. You're taking their their ability to make income, their ability to feel like they're their in control counts. of their own life. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're taking all of those things that's away. What, like, this whole thing. That's what really kind of pissed me off about this whole section is like uh -huh. the me the media fueled the hell out of this thing. 100%. Took every single spin and spun it in a negative light. But the media is more controlled by left leaning people, and it's like. Okay, you had the Black Lives Matters marches and stuff like that mm -hmm. throughout the country the last several years, all the stuff that happened in Seattle. And it's like, but the media was saying, was per, trying to put positive spins on that stuff. Yeah. And then now that this one march, because I do agree to where we talked about this over the summertime, like if you're mad about something, don't go marching through your, your streets of your city in burning and breaking and destroying personal property of individuals. Like that is a government issue. You need to go protest to the government. So this started out right. Yeah. Going and marching on the Capitol and staying at the Capitol where it went drastically wrong is you had I just lost the feed. Yeah, um, I know. I know. OK, it's coming back. OK, but uh, it's when they broke into the through the barriers and rushed the Capitol and then violence ensued, death ensued when things really got crazy. So what's actually funny about that, uh, not funny, but um, is that I heard. Uh, an, an appeal when the Black Lives Matter uh, movement was going that the protests, the rioting, um, wasn't there another uh, protest and rioting during that time, too? Was it like maybe the mask for because I felt like it was the BLM and there was something else that people were like protesting against. But I don't know. It was a year of protests. Yeah, it, it was a crazy year. But kind of blend together one of the now. things that somebody came out in defense of the Black Lives Matter movement was that he said, well, think about it this way. Black people have been getting discriminated against for so long, right? They've been protesting for so long. It's not until violence happens, until something drastic happens, that people start paying attention. You understand? Because they're like, if they do a peaceful protest, the media doesn't cover it. Yeah. Right. Because the media doesn't want to cover peaceful things. Yeah. So it needs well, to become don't violent. Go to peaceful things. Right. There's like, OK, there's a bunch of people standing in front of the building. I don't care. It's a picture. Oh, that's a cool picture. And they turn away. But like when there's violence and it's happening like this minute by minute, new things like this person was shot. Yeah. They're breaking in and they're stealing stuff. Some they're in Pelosi's office. Like, well, to me, happen? to me, you know, you have an issue even, you know, you have an issue with government or even with the BLM movement that they have an issue that they say is a systemic racism. Right. It's um, corporations and everything. To me, logically, it's like, why not go riot to those corporations? You know, like these people rioted on Capitol because they're pissed off with the government. They went to the government. But yeah. when the BLM, they were rioting and breaking local mom and pop shops and destroying, vandalizing these people that have nothing to do with you. Yeah. Right. They've busted their ass to get there. Like that is what I didn't make sense to me because yeah. I was like, you're hurting your own people, though. Yeah. You know, you're not hurting the people that you're saying is racist to you. You you know, the you're corporations just destroying things and stuff and destroying like that. Things. And right. like where I, I go with this, like it's the media. 
that fuels this and turns it into what it is. Like, and that I, I am 100% like, yes, did Trump incite it? Did he get everybody fired up and stuff? Like, yeah, he he's a narcissist for sure. And, no. <laughs> and he's got a huge <laughs> ego and he does rightfully feel like yeah. that election was stolen from him. Because there are things that it's like, was there voter fraud? I do agree. Was there enough to overturn it? I'm not going to speculate on that yeah. amount. And he's like, but when you look at some of the statistics and you see these things where I, I remember we just had the conversation conversation about the percentage of rejections of mail-in ballots. In 2016, there was a 6.5% rejection on 200,000 mail-in ballots. In 2020, there was a 0.2% rejection on 1.2 million ballots for one of the battleground states. It's like that alone is a huge discrepancy that is tens of thousands of votes. And when some of these states only lost by 14,000 votes, it's like that changes an entire state completely to one side to the other well, but it, where i'm going with that is so that those issues weren't addressed the media didn't cover the thing they just said it's a lie it's a lie it's a lie and then people 70 million people or however many voted for trump like a lot of them are going to be extremely pissed about it and then now they're irritated they're going to the government's like of course like something bad's going to happen like who popped it off or what started the thing who knows but it's like yeah these people are rightfully mad they don't believe in it and they're going and protesting about well, it and this it's is what, violent and this is what tommy ray is saying here the capital is our property we the people own it so well, that that's kind of like my point right is you have an issue with the government right we the people own the government supposedly these people work for us even though that's yeah. definitely not the case um that's where you should be protesting. Now, should it get violent where now you're stopping people? You're, property. You're, like, that I don't agree with, yeah. right? Because I think you should protest and you should maybe get aggressive. Don't get me wrong, because if, if not, people don't listen. If you're if you're too, you know, again, peaceful, they're not going to think anything about it. Right yeah. now, where I think the mistake was and this being a business episode a business show and all about the economy and stuff like that is that the president is essentially the ceo of this country as the leader you gotta instill more control more you know peace you gotta be more political i well, think that was the thing we've and always Trump said about is somebody that's just too narcissistic he doesn't think before he speaks yeah and this is not to say that he is right or he is wrong i'm not this is not a right or right or wrong this is just about when you're a leader and people look up to you and you're the president of the united states your words hold weight yeah you understand and when you have people that have been locked up for like a year they've lost a lot of income they don't see a way out they're being limited to all their options to what they're able to do they're being hurt you know it's it's just it's that it's a minor little thing that can spark it off i mean yeah. what's happening now is just it's rumors of corruption rumors of um you know that there was fraud in the elections and stuff enough to make things go they haven't found any proof and i obviously doubt they're going to find any proof well no that's where i go with it it's like you, you have to prove it yeah. Well, it's like, and the problem is the routes, the things that they said were stolen aren't something you can prove. Like just that rejection rate. There was nothing wrong with that, except for the fact that those states did not do the due diligence that they needed to do. But there's nothing illegal, and you yeah. can't prove. How are you going to prove that? Like you're innocent until proven guilty. Where it's like we all can look at this data and be like, how did that happen? It's like, but they were mail-in ballots, and they've already been separated. 
from yeah. their signatures. There was no verification, but we can't. And it's like, of course you can't do that stuff. And that's where, um, what I really, really hate to see is this is how Trump is going to be remembered now is like, he did uh, do a lot of positive things the last four years, but he, and he quote unquote lost the election. I mean, the bet David podcast talked about this where yeah. it's like, okay, you can, you're not going to overturn this election, humbly step down and lose and just say, Hey, we had a great four years. I'm going to be Take back like in four years. Like yeah. the, we tell all the positive things you're going to happen and try not to steal the government, obviously. And then just like, say, we're going to be back. We're going to come back stronger. We're going to fight this thing. And we had the election stolen, but we are going to be back. Like I'm, we're stepping back and going to be back in four years. You know, but it, now it's like, but now yeah. like, Everybody, like all the stuff that happened, like you're going to type in Trump, and I bet the um, well, this is gonna, gonna this is gonna be his legacy. Yeah, you know, regardless the, the, the of picture of everything, White House burning, yeah, regardless of building. everything that he did, which I, you know, business wise, business wise, not that he's rude or mean or bully. Um, he did a lot of good for the country. You know, he did a lot of things with our um, foreign countries, China, and everything with tariffs. He put a lot of people, you know, he checked them. A lot of countries started becoming a little more scared of him, scared of the U.S. They were holding themselves back. I mean, business-wise, well, I mean, he he did a lot of good, but then yeah. or got you, the you, you, like start... it's the smallest thing that can screw it up. Yeah, or that's what I say, like, your reputation is everything, and you have to do a million good things, but one bad thing on a certain scale can tarnish the well, whole thing. But this look here... At, look at um Bill Clinton, right? You have Bill Clinton to the Democrats was a god to the republicans he cheated on his wife with a secretary right that's all you you speak to one side who is bill clinton oh yeah he's you know getting a blowjob from his secretary you know to the other side oh he was the greatest president because one little thing depending on which side you know and trump is going to be the same thing how's he going to go down of course the media is more led by the left so it's going to be the worst president the right is going to be like, he did amazing things for this country. You know what I mean? But it's like, why don't you think about those things? We're all sore losers. Anybody that's yeah. in a leadership position is a sore. I'm a sore loser. 100%. People know that. Like, I don't like losing. Yeah. But that doesn't Especially mean somebody that like, I'm not going to take it for what it is. It doesn't surprise me. Like, looking back of Trump's career, like how he got things done, how he ran his businesses. I mean, he ran it. it kind of like a dictatorship he was the ceo and his decisions went and if he didn't get his way he found every means necessary to get what he wanted done yeah no matter what those means were it's like but when you're the president and you do it that way it's like come on man like it's just it's just not gonna happen but it is what it is and it's over now he did come out and officially well, conceded kinda, like even though he said he wasn't he said there will be peaceful transfer of power and i think he realized when people were shot killed the destruction happened he's like i screwed up like that was too far but now looking at this right so we have a, a, a democratic president democratic congress democratic senate Democratic everything except for the judges for now, right? Because now there's also talk of them stacking the courts. So you have all of this that's more leaning Democratic. What does that mean for policy, right? As investors, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, this is not a moment for you to cry about what could have been, right? This is a moment to take, and, and I say this with real estate, regarding real estate all the time as well, because right now, especially last year, 2020, 
so many investors, everybody was just bitching and moaning about the economy, about how shitty wholesalers are, about how shitty the deals are, about how terrible contractors, material prices, all these things, and how they wish, wish, wish. I was like, look, in real estate, in business, you got to take it for what it is. You can't take it for what you want it to be, right? Yeah. So you want real estate is where it is. Wholesalers are where they are. Everything is where it's at. You got to take it where it's at and then see what you can do with it. So right now, whether you like it or hate it, I don't give a damn. The truth is, this is what we have. Democrats control everything. For the next two years, yep. they're going to fast track all of their agendas. They're going to, I mean, they're going to do what the Republicans did in 2016. Yeah, the for 2016, sure. 18, they had a sweep of all three. And it's like, that's how we got the tax, tax bill and jobs act thing done where they did it screwed up is they spent a lot of time on healthcare that they didn't get passed because somebody stood in the way and, or some senators stood in the way and they couldn't pass that through. So they lost a lot of ground there. I don't think the Democrats are going to do that, but you also have to understand as well. It's like, yes, they have a, a clean sweep of all three if they wanted to. That's if the parties stay together. Mm -hmm. And they vote party lines. The House, I think there's only a separation of like 20 people out of 435 that go one direction. Some of these people, like they're for their livelihoods. They represent their districts and they want to stay in power. So they are going to vote the way they, their constituents want them to. Yeah. Towards like, you can't push so many, like some of these like states in the center that do go blue that are, are more moderate, more uh, center maybe a little center left center right depending on like the time of year and who's running texas. it's like if in texas uh but you have these dim these places for like new york and california that want to shove these things through it's like they're like i'm not gonna vote for that i might not vote against or for but i'm just gonna say i'm present but i'm not casting a vote well right. if that too many that like you have a very very slim margin of that happening and things do get struck down so yes, they have a clean sweep, but they can only lose very, very few people to where it was uh, when the Republicans had it, they had them, they could, it was like 53, 47. So they could lose three people and they could still have a tie and then Pence could come in and, and cut it. Well, now in the Senate, they can't lose a single person to otherwise to the other side and it's done. Right. And the house, it's extremely tight as well because you watch some of the way these things votes. And there are people that do jump sides that are more moderate in the center going, they say they're Republican, but they vote along one side Democrats, vice versa. But now it's so tight that it's like, you can't lose that much people. Cause even this election, they said they were supposed to gain 20 seats and they lost 20 seats. Like it went the complete other direction. So well, it's tight, but it's still, this is what I find too crazy with it. What I find interesting is like, there's this article right here of Californians, Californians flee the state and numbers so great. It's projected to lose house seats and electoral vote for, for um, time. for the first time. Right. So you have California that is we, talking oh, well, about the, the section the, with that, like hold on. that's oh. hold on. It was my article. No. Oh, no. That was, was your article. Sorry. Yeah. I put the notes in. Stay in your lane, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you have, a, like on this article, you have what we talk about, what to expect with these kind of policies, right? And even though people are, you know, they're saying, uh, I think this election was against Trump, not against. Not for Biden, uh, but against yeah, Trump. And not for Democrats or socialism. It was just against Trump, period. 
right? Because then you look at this and the exodus sparked by high taxes, coronavirus lockdown and regulations that's getting everybody out of California. This is the biggest drop. They're saying, according to the population estimate this week, 135,600 people fled, fled. The Golden State then moved there which marks only the 12th time since 1900 that the state has saw a net migration loss. And when you're asking, when they're asking Californians why they're leaving, they're saying their frustration against, you know, the high taxes and they're uh, promising higher taxes as the year goes by. And now they're starting to do protests and everything to try to get Gavin Newsom out of there. So you're having people that are just getting fed up everywhere with these politicians taking all of their rights away. And as an investor, you need to pay attention to this because you look at this and you look at the Democratic policies, right, from Newsom and all of them, is forcing people out to a Republican states yeah. like Texas, like Florida. So we got to start Georgia. Thinking. I mean, you just look, they yeah. made a huge, They. I mean, now they voted for Biden and they collect two Democratic senators. Whether you agree with the results or not, yeah. that is what happened. That is what's going to go forward. Or it's like they turned that state from a deep red state to an anchor state to a blue state. So it's like, where did those votes come from? As like, in the last four years, obviously people migrated there that got that spread even closer enough to where if there was any kind of fraud, it could sway it and to not get caught. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a 10% lead, I'm sorry, you're not going to lie or cheat your way up that much of a gain without getting caught some way, shape or form. Yeah. But there's enough of an individual saying, hey, I got a grandpa that doesn't really care to vote, but I'm taking his vote for him, having him sign, I mail it in on his behalf. That can happen on an individual level. In a close state that could move some things. Well, but and then it's, so then people ask, you know, all right, well, what does this mean? What can I do? Well, I've been getting hit up consistently on Instagram, on Facebook, on everything from investors from California, Seattle, asking me, hey, I want to move to Texas. Where can I invest? Where should I move? Where should I move my money to? Right. And we don't do those things. Where we and you know we find properties for people because all the deals, everything that we do, we do for us, yeah. right? We keep it in house. But as an investor, that you need to adapt. If you are hurting at the moment, that is a huge avenue for profit, for income. You yeah. have a lot of these investors coming from these states, eager to get their money out, eager to you know get all their stuff over here, get it out of California, out of New York. That's where your opportunity is. You need to start marketing and catering to all of these investors that are coming from out of state. You, even if you're a traditional realtor, you need to be catering to those buyers. Those buyers are hungry to get the hell out of there. Or Mark, it's a creating. We were sitting down with some investors yesterday morning, and they talked about it's like targeting people moving, targeting yeah. that money, getting. It's like now I'm just marketing myself locally. It's like yes, but you also need to market yourself from where people are moving from studying mm-hmm. where people are coming from and doing marketing to those people out in there towards like digitally seo video to where you can get <clears throat> where somebody's getting ready to move and they go online they can find you but not just i need to go search san antonio texas no i'm just getting online looking about moving and then they find you so yeah. that's a huge opportunity when you see these people moving around and leaving certain areas fleeting other places and then you look at those numbers of like the 12th time in 120 years 
Like that's a huge difference that they're going to lose electoral votes for the first time. Yeah. That's a big difference. And then you look at what's going on in places like Texas and Florida, and they are absolutely booming with their economies as far as like flooding, especially here in real estate. You just look at the prices. Yes, a lot of the price increase was due to pent up demand and interest rates dropping so low and the market adjusting to that rate drop. But it's also it's like you look the the market update that I just put out. You look at the rise in permits year over year for new construction, and they're in double digits where I think it was Austin was at like 200% increase <laughs> in permits month over or year over year for the month of like December or November or something like that. And uh, we'll make sure we'll link that below if you haven't seen yeah. it yet. But yeah, everything it, that we talk about, any videos or stuff like that, the links are going to be below in the description after the live is over. But you look at that stuff and it's like, that is confidence that they, cause you look at a house, it's not like I'm buy this thing. I turn on and sell it tomorrow. Uh-huh. No, a building permit from the time you issue, apply for that permit and the time that thing is closed and done, you're probably looking at, and you are from six to nine to 12 months. So they're expecting their confidence that, Hey, in 12 months, this demand is still going to be here because yeah. so many people are fleeing and moving. There's such a boom in demand for housing. Prices are rising so fast. I was like, we just got to get this thing going. To where it's like those increases are massive. And that was in every single major market in Texas had those kind of numbers. I mean, only I think it was Austin that had the, the 200% one, but it's not like 10, 11, 12%. No, it's like 20, 30% year over year increases in building permits being issued. So yeah. that to me is like, as far as like an opportunity goes, it's like people are moving here. Where's that Seattle article? I, I've been trying to look for it, but did you remove it? No, it's still there. I, uh, because what was it with Seattle, the, the untouchables? The new untouchables. Yeah. It's right there. What the was new, it? The new untouchables. What was it? Oh, you yeah. Found it? Okay. yeah. Well, about- basically, it was a friend of mine lives out in Seattle. And uh, he sent me an article because a lot of times I ask, like, hey, what are things actually like out there? It's like, because I don't want I don't subscribe to I'm only going to read the headlines of what's going on in Seattle because I live here in Texas. And I know that Google portrays just like if you Google climate change in New York and you do it in Texas, you two completely opposite results. So he's out there. I want to know I'm doing research and what he thinks. So he knows I'm interested in that kind of stuff. Like, is it that bad? And he sent me this article that just blew my mind. So I'm sorry for the rant that I'm going to go on, but like you almost have to read a lot of this article. So uh, (laughs) I will link there to it, but here's some of the highlights. So in October, the Seattle city council floated legislation to provide an exemption for prosecution for misdemeanor crimes for any citizen who suffers from poverty, homelessness, addiction, or mental health under the proposed ordinance courts would have to dismiss all so-called quote crimes of poverty end quote like and then it goes on to continue like this would cover more than 90 percent of all misdemeanor crimes citywide in effect the legislation would create a new class of untouchables now this is an article by the city journal of seattle this isn't an external source writing about it no this is the people in seattle the underlying theory is that society has condemned the lower class to a life of poverty and stigma which leads to addiction madness and indigence the poor, in the logic of Seattle's progressive elites, are thus forced to commit crimes, including violent crimes, to secure their very existence. Therefore, as society is a perpetrator of the inequality, the crimes of the poor must be forgiven. The crimes are transformed to expression of social justice. In effect, legal, legalizing an entire spectrum of misdemeanor crimes, including theft, assault, 
harassment, drug possession, property destruction, and indecent exposure, criminals must simply establish that they have an addiction, mental health disorder, or low income in order to evade justice. In 2019, the Seattle Police Department reported 25,993 thefts, 8,442 assaults, 6,430 property offenses, 4,194 frauds, 3,900 trespassing, and 1,600 narcotic violations, representing 72% of all reported crimes. And now 90% of those are going to just be automatically forgiven because they're saying it's the way they, they, they worded it. It's like they're blaming society saying that it's our fault that these people are like that. So we're going to take away all of the negativity around it. So homeless man, you can just walk into that gas station, grab all the food you want and walk right back out. And there is no penalty to it. They're saying that's but That is, has a better chance of rising them out of poverty than being punished for committing those crimes. Oh, and, and going back to what opportunities are there for investors and entrepreneurs? Well, where do you think the citizens from these states are gonna go to? You understand? Because people don't like living that way. Yeah. As much as these politicians feel they're doing what's you know ethically correct or morally or whatever the hell they tell themselves when they're on PCP, they have to understand like citizens don't like uh, that kind of level of uncertainty. I mean, I was, I've listened to countless, uh, podcasts of people that live in Seattle and stuff. They're like, yeah, there's times that I've had to act like a bouncer in Starbucks because there's homeless people coming in, going into the bathroom for like a half an hour, shooting up, having sex, doing drugs, you know, at like nine in the morning. Yeah, and well, the, I have and a the I have customers a, can't kick them out. I have a cousin who's a police officer out in California, and he it's like, yeah, you pretty much can't touch some people. And they know, the people know it, so that I'm going to walk into the store and the owner can call the cops, but the cops really don't do anything. So the citizens themselves are now like, acting as bouncers throwing people out but it's also if they hurt that person i was about to say yeah if they are the one that hurt yeah. the homeless person you know, the cops won't do quote unquote what seems to me is their job and the laws don't prevent them from doing it it's like but if they go out and hurt that person there's law there are lawyers out there that will represent that guy and now you're in trouble yep towards like what do you what do you do and what what where i'm going with this too is you don't go downtown as much as I do because no. our projects down there, there's an exit that I take and go underneath one of the highways, the homeless camp that is appearing oh underneath there, the tent city. Every time I go down there, it's, it's more and more like noticeably more, not like one or two in Like I noticed one or two popped up. Then all of a sudden there was like 10, then it became 15. And now I go down there. Like I can't even count them anymore. There's probably 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 tents well, underneath You know that. what's the issue with that is that we need to pitch in, get a bus because they can't make it to Austin. That's where they really want to be. We need to get a bus oh, and get, be like, Hey, here, we're going to go take you to the weird city where, you know, they like to keep it weird and keep the homeless. So get your ass over there. Go oh, to Austin. Man. And you, cause you talk to some people that are from Austin to go up there. I don't want yeah. to go up there near, near as much as I used to, but they say that city has has gotten trashed downtown yeah. to where there is all kinds of stuff. Um, if you're hearing that siren, sorry about that. Um, no, they don't they won't. Sorry. Fire truck. <laughs> but uh, they said Austin has gotten just trashed downtown. We're like, it was it used to be like a really cool city, but now it's like, God, you just go anywhere. Like Zilker Park's just full of tent cities. Underpass is full of tent city, the trash. And now they're trying to um, 
remove their governor or their mayor of their city because of the stuff that's passed on from Mayor Adler there. And there's petitions going around. And it's like, dude, that, it's getting well, bad. You know, so what's interesting is Brian Pauling had a good point. He says, what does Smith & Wesson say about untouchable? So talking about opportunities, you have, again, a, a, a complete democratic um, government Run. now. Yeah. And what is that going to mean when you're thinking about investing? What is that going to mean for gun control, for ammunition, for weapons themselves? Like, do you think they're going to go up or do you think they're going to go down? Yeah. You know what I mean? If all these people that marched on the, on the White House, do you think they're going to want to buy more guns and ammo? Well, I mean, or go buy try, to buy, guns go try to buy ammo. Go try to buy a gun right now. It's just absolutely so insane. My brother-in-law, our videographer, he's uh, he he's in New York right now, which is why it took me so long to set everything up, Dre. Um, it's, uh, he's telling me that they try to go to the gun range and they were selling 15 bullets for $80 at the gun range. 15 bullets. Yeah. There was, uh, the, the gun and I'm was, sure it wasn't no 50 caliber expensive no, 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 bullet no. either. Yeah, no. And then it was millimeter. like $20 for the lane. It was $20 for a safety video that you had to watch. It was $20 for like the gun to rent it. It was 20. It was like you wanted to and go I to the range. And I bet it's not the gun range wanting to do that for profit. No, no. Like they're being taxed. They're being pressured. They're trying to put negative incentives on going. Well, New to York these has never been easy to attain a gun, attain a gun license. Uh, it's never been easy to do that. And it's just only gotten worse. You know, it's gotten crazy here in Texas alone. I mean, to buy ammo here is if you find it, you're buying a case of nine mils for like fifty, sixty dollars. Yeah, dollar around or more, dollar twenty five around. Exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. When usually it used to be like it was thirteen bucks for fifty rounds. I'm yeah. Like, Holy crap. So you're looking at all this. You're looking at again. Uh, you know, this new strain of COVID. It's hit Europe very hard again. So you have this. You have all these ammo manufacturers that have still not been able to even open back up because their most of their workforce had gotten COVID or had to been laid off or all this. So less ammo is being supplied. I mean, we're already like way behind on production of ammunition because yeah. of how many people went out and bought ammo and all that. So you got to think about like, as far as investment opportunities, when people say, I don't know where to make money so far for now, this is still the U S yeah. that means that there's still so many ways to monetize on this, you know, as real estate investors, we're going to cover real estate a little bit further in, but we're going to talk about like all of Biden's policies. And, and honestly, there's a lot of those policies uh, that are going to help the real estate market tremendously. You understand? There's a lot of those policies that if you put yourself in the right position, it's going to help you tremendously. Where, wherever there's a challenge, there's an opportunity. That's the benefit of being an entrepreneur. That's why you can't stifle entrepreneurship because that's what entrepreneurs do. You know where I think there's like could be an opportunity yeah. is for especially like the homeless problem to where people that make less than 20 grand a year typically are cash people. They don't have bank accounts. They don't have they don't pay taxes because it's usually like you don't cash transactions you aren't able to track to where and you have all these homeless people to where I agree like this stimulus money that they're putting out that to where I believe that they're going to clean sweep that thing and get that last $600 to two grand pretty damn quickly. But I agree like somebody like that, their lifestyle, if they can get the extra two grand would actually drastically improve their situation. If you're living sure. under a bridge and you have two grand, but if you're living under a bridge, you don't have a bank account. 
You don't have a mailing address. You don't have like how does the government oh, get money taxes? to those people? Did you pay taxes in twenty eighteen? Probably not. Eight, yeah. you know, in back you didn't. But now it's like they're giving this stimulus to people that I actually think it would help if you gave a homeless person two grand. Yeah, they'd probably go do some dumb stuff with it, but they'd also it's like they would have an ability if they have the drive to get out of quote unquote the poverty of crime and all the stuff that Seattle is talking yeah. about. Figure out a way to get these people actual money to where they can improve their situation, not give them all these incentives to stay poor, well, to stay was, homeless. I was reading an article, uh, Mark Cuban, and then also Kevin O'Leary, the guys from Shark Tank and big investors uh, themselves. They both say that, you know, instead of funding the government assistance programs, write those checks to Americans in need. And they both call for $2,000 a month. And what um, Kevin O'Leary was talking about doing $2,000 a month for 12 months, right? Because he says the same thing. He says, give it straight to the people. He's like, there's a lot of people that, yes, they're not, they don't need it, right? He says, but that $2,000 you're giving a huge wealth effect right there. You're making people feel rich. They're going to yeah. go out because the bottom third of the population, and this is not a knock, this is just stats, they don't think about investing. You understand? Because they, they're always living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So they, they look at just, look, you know, what? what's the point of investing if I'm broke? Yeah. I might as well just enjoy it. So you give them an extra two grand, you better believe they're going to upgrade their car. They're going to maybe upgrade their home. They're going to get furniture. They're going to move on. It's, uh, that we had talked, I think it was you and I having the conversation with somebody to where, and I'm not talking about, is this right or wrong? I'm mm -hmm. just talking about the effect that it would have if they did it, not where the money comes from. Because I mean, um, Ray Dalio, somebody that we follow, yeah. um, he put an article out and talked about the traditional way of stimulating the economy of the quantitative easing doesn't work anymore. It worked in the past, but now that you just got money to people with already that had assets. Yeah. Well, now that has been so ingrained in that process, doing that route, Everybody that has assets, they don't sell them. Yeah, okay, my stock portfolio went from 20 or 2 million bucks to 2.75 million. It's like, but I'm not gonna sell that $750,000 gain and do anything with it. I'm just gonna leave it. Because a lot of people with assets are stabilized, they are flexible, and they're moving to where he talks about getting money to the bottom third, like you talked about. Because if you upgrade somebody's lifestyle, if what's gonna have a bigger effect? <clears throat> you move somebody that's making 200 grand to 220,000 a year. Their lifestyle is not gonna change much. But if you take somebody that's making 20 grand a year and you give them an extra 20 grand and their income goes from 20,000 to 40,000, their lifestyle drastically changes. 100%. And they are gonna change their, their habits Throughfold. It's like, where's that money come from? I have no idea. But it's also the thing of no, it comes I, from us. Yeah, it, it's gonna come from us. Uh, you, we, I don't want to get in that whole debate. We've gotten that in the past. But it's just that ability, Let's like, do it. like the but the democratic policy of just like just yeah. pump money to everybody, give money to everybody, give money to everybody. Or the Republicans wanted to take a more direct approach to the people that needed that were gonna have an effect. Not just give money to everybody. It's like no, there are people that are hurting that actually can move this thing. Let's give, let's get money to those people that can get out, upgrade their lifestyles and go through and do all those things. Well, the issue too, is that yes, give it, we go back to kind of my, my whole frustration and point with a lot of these things is that money isn't enough, you know, yes, we can give money and people are going to feel happy for a minute. Yeah. The issue is still the lockdowns. Well, the lockdowns, uh, people not being able to go out, people being feeling so paranoid 
with, you know, COVID with, oh my God, this person coughed. I can't have my kid over here. Uh, you know, all these things. Like it's more psychological, the issue, because as, as a human being, you want to be productive. Yeah. You understand? Like you, feel like you have self-worth. You, you, yeah, you, you need to. You have, Most people. We all yeah. have. Yeah, the majority of people, yeah, I think in, at some point you need to feel useful. You need to feel like you have some control of your life. And that is what I think we've lost because of the shutdowns, because of all this. And if I'm not mistaken, I, ha I remember hearing Biden say that when he comes into the White House, that he was going to shut down for his first 100 days to try to curve the coronavirus and help get the vaccines out there and help all that get out there. So if that's the case, if he shuts down for another 100 days, obviously, yes, expect more stimulus 100 percent financially maybe a lot of people are not going to be struggling maybe it's i don't think it's going to be so much of a financial issue as much as a psychological well, issue and it's forward. also molly put in here um we are totally treating a symptom and not a cause like 100 yes. like one thing i was really hoping that it's like the republicans were able to hold at least one seat because what was the big sticking point of the last stimulus it was Republicans wanted business the protection crap. and the, the Democrats wanted more state and local funding to bail out like well, New York and California. Well, that not completely just shut state down. and local funding. Did you see that? They, and I don't know if Democrats well, no, I mean, or whatever. I want to put here. It's like, okay. so bailing that people out to what we we're talking about and like giving state and local funding. Yeah. Okay. We're going to give a ton of money to California, and New York, because they are hurting. It's pretty obvious where that's going. But when you talk about money, isn't the problem. It's like you can throw money at California to help bail them out of their situations because they can't raise the taxes. That doesn't help. It's a bandaid on an already existing problem. It's a symptom because yeah. you look at people moving at a, those kind of numbers, that level from that state is like, those are taxpayers leaving the state where you can't just keep funneling money to a state that is losing people to where eventually it's like, there's an underlying problem that you have there. And that's what I was hoping was going to happen. If they are able to hold that Senate and not get that money to them, it forces them to actually change, tighten their belts. And we got to figure out a way to stop people from leaving. But no, now, I now think they, they have more forced, money. They would have forced their hand. Because look at California and New York before even the Georgia elections happened. They had they've been doubling down on all their policies. They've been doubling down on doing all these well, things. I do agree they, they were doubling down because I think at that point they had to. It's like we just hope to God we can win the Senate and we can control us to get more exactly. funding. And that's like they were doubling down all that stuff to where like I know if we double down and we get this, we get this stuff going, we're going to get that money to sustain. If they wouldn't have, then they really would have been screwed. But it's like they had already gone so far. It's like, well, we can't go back because it's already there. But now they get the money. People are still going to leave because they're not going to change their ways. They're reinforcing a bad behavior that's going to just well, exacerbate it, the situation. And then going back the to, future. you know, OK, so how do you take advantage of this as an investor? Well, if there is no more fear of failing. You got to think about that, yeah. you know, if big corporations, companies have no more fear of taking risk of not running their business uh, fiscally conservative or understanding that it's like, hey, we need to have reserves or all this. It's like, no, no, guys, hey, go crazy. The government's going to bail us out. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're uh, training, don't, don't, don't you're worry training about it. society to, to realize like 
You have to take huge risks to become dependent because it's yes, exactly. Because now you look at a company like I'm going to run it conservatively, but now my competitor over here is taking these massive risks, raking in profits, and then when they using that money to take these risks to when then and growing their business, and now it's like and it goes on for so long. It's like how does a conservative person compete with that? Because now with all that extra money, because all that risk they're taking, they're able to capture market share. They're well, able to t- do things that you're not able to because you're running conservatively. And when everything goes bad, oh, wait, government's going to step in across the board and bail yeah. us out. And we talked about it on a previous Coffee with the Johns that you have what happened uh, last year when people were getting 600 extra dollars a week. They were making more money on unemployment than they were having a job. And it gets to a point where people may have the option to go to work, but why will they? Why would they go to work when they're getting paid? Now, I know you can say maybe, you know, well, because it's the right thing to do. You know, you got to have some some standards. You got to have some integrity if you don't need it. I get all that. But at the end of the day, when you have maybe a family or there's that the risk of the virus and all these things, the risk of getting sick, the risk of spreading into your family and all that, and you can just stay home and get paid more than if you were to risk all that. Well, why would you? Why would you? You know, yeah. so it gets to a point where now, as time goes on, these people are losing their ability, literally their the ability to work, their ability to think about how to be a good worker, how to generate, you know, wh- how to listen, how to implement things, how to use the computer, how to use Excel, how to, yeah. you know, use systems, how to, all these things, they're starting to lose that because they're not going every day to work. They're just waking up eating breakfast, watching Netflix. They're not doing anything really. Pajamas. It's like, it's yeah, they, maybe they don't even get changed. Right. So they yeah. have all of this. They're losing all those skills, all of that ability. So now what is that job market going to look like if we continue to do more stimulus, we continue to give more money. So while I agree with Cuban and um, Kevin with as far as it being give them two thousand dollars a month it's gonna put the money back in and all that i a hundred percent agree that that's what's gonna happen right you give them two grand the bottom third is gonna go shopping all these things is gonna be get real estate investors is gonna be good because there's gonna be even more buyers there's gonna be people upgrading there's gonna be uh, all of these people selling their homes that are ugly distressed and everything to upgrade to a nicer cleaner more modern home so i mean there's gonna be opportunities mm-hmm. but at the end of the day you're going to look at it and you're going to say, but what's all of this doing to the country overall? Oh, well, uh, one of the persons that we follow, uh, George Gammon for the Rebel Capitalist, yeah. he put a video, YouTube video out that was just like, oh my God, that's crazy. Because he, because a lot of these, like where we are today is not something as a product of the last four years. Like yeah. this is something that has been going on for a long period of time building like that. Because it's once you give somebody money like that and you make them dependent on it, you can't go back. Because you will just destroy well, you, livelihoods. You, you can, but it's harder. Oh, yeah, it's extremely hard to yeah. do it. You will have all kinds of – because why would it happen, though? Because if you try to do that, you're going to have people revolt. And that's when you have civil unrest. You have politicians being voted out. Like, why would they do that? Um, yeah. And one of the things he showed this chart was going back to 1900. And he put – a he's like, GDP of the United States – how much of it was private sector spending? How much of it was government? Every time a recession came out, I think it was since they created the Federal Reserve. And every time you had a recession, government spending went way up. And then after the recession was over, it went down. But it never went down as low as it was before the recession. They spend a bunch of money and then it goes down. So it became the government was just 20% of GDP. 
then it became 25%. Then yep. it became 30. And I think the last section was like the government was just over the government spending was almost 50% or just over 50% of the GDP. And it's like, and now with this, and the more money they spent, the the less it dropped from the, the bigger, the gain from the previous recession, stuff like that. Now all this money. And then you have the democratic party saying they're going to do all things that they're going to do. It's like, yeah, the, the GDP is going to be the, the 60% of our GDP is going to be government spending or more. So it's like, well, it's literally government spending money that holds yesterday the Yesterday when we had breakfast with uh, with these investors, uh, one of them being Tommy, he's on the chat. He asked us, you know, can can we agree that in the next five to 10 years, we're going to see inflation? And it, it honestly, that question stopped me because I'm like, to me, we should have had inflation the last five to 10 years. Yeah. Yet the problem is when you have one every country's printing it's not just the us right yeah. it's a currency war like jim rickards another economist that we follow he talked about this back in 2010. so you have all of these countries they're all printing and then they're all moving the goalposts on what is inflation right they're yeah. all moving the goalposts as far as saying you know hey uh, so these are the measurements for inflation Oh shoot, these things are going up. All right, well, let's take some of those out of the basket and put this. See, look, inflation didn't go up. Well, not, and not they see keep inflation changing. didn't go up. It's so like we have to hit two and a half percent inflation. Yeah. It's like the only way to get out of like these debt problems is like you have to have inflation. If you get deflation, you got a real problem because that money just now got more expensive and it's a very fast death spiral down. So yeah. they have to have continued reason to keep printing money to try to inflate the dollar with inflate asset prices, inflate everything without making it seem like they're inflating everything to try to get this thing moving in past this section. Cause we've been here before we've been at negative zero interest rates before after world war two, the United States was at 0% and they did have yeah. situations like that. But then the 30 years later, it created hyperinflation in but the seventies because back then though, the dollar was actually backed by gold. Well, it was backed by something that they couldn't, you know, manipulate to the way that they can do it now, where it's just digital. It was nowhere near connected. Like I agree that that was 80 years ago. Like yeah. there's a huge difference between now and then, but where I was um, kind of going with that is like you pump that money in and you change the inflation rates, you change the rules. It's like, cause they want to keep pumping. Yeah. And it's like, they have to get the two and a half percent. Cause you made the point to where it's like uh real estate seeing inflation for damn sure. Oh yeah. Cars have gone up. Used cars have gone up for damn sure uh, because things have gotten so expensive. Like there has been inflation, just not the things that they track. Exactly. They track the bottom thing and constantly move things around. So like, I agree. It's like, should we see inflation? Yes. But what are you talking about is inflating? It's like, don't say the traditional like, oh, 2% inflation. It's like, there's things inflating for sure. Because I mean, you look at where real estate prices were in 2010 and where they were at in 2020, prices doubled. Yeah. Like it went up a hundred percent in quote unquote inflation by median sales price in San Antonio well, alone. In real estate, we're, we're always telling people like buying hold needs to be your strategy. You understand? Cause real estate, that's how you build wealth in real estate. You got to hold on to the real yeah. estate. Yeah. Wholesaling oh. is not a strategy. Wholesaling is a day job. You're trading your time for money and not going anywhere, you know, yeah. and, and it's time that you never get back. What you got to invest in is you got to invest in buying holds. And yesterday we took a, a little tour on a property that um, our friend Tommy has, uh, which he talks about uh, living snug and all of that, renting out the rooms and the economics, the business model, everything is amazing. And 
you for you guys that want more information on this i'm actually going to have tommy on uh we're starting back up the tips from the pros and uh the last week of january i'm gonna uh, stay subscribe and make sure to just pay attention I'll, I'll put an announcement out exactly when but i'm gonna have tommy on and we're gonna talk about all that all, all the type that all the opportunities that he's investing in that are genius and but they're all buy and hold strategies because you look at where all this is going you have all these people coming to texas going to florida going everywhere they're moving they're leaving and like the article said they're fleeing these states when somebody's fleeing the state a lot of times they can't buy a house they'll go they just want to get the hell out so they will rent and when you have such low inventory when you have yeah. inventory being such an issue oh. they can't even they don't even have an option to buy oh, so now they have to rent so holding on to real estate is becoming more and more valuable well, that was the thing that i i realized like we have a rental uh, some rental properties then i was kind of analyzing the portfolio see where prices were and stuff like that and this is something that shocked the hell out of me so we have a house over in sea world in 78251 it is a 1990 build house kb style home tile everywhere granite countertops and it, it's just so just picture that a 1990 house, 1999 house in your suburban area, your typical home, three bedroom, two bath house, um, and done up nicely. The value of that house is currently at 210,000 is where I put the value. We have another house in 78250 that is just right next to it and is off a major road. And this house is nowhere near the standards. It's like this thing was built in the early eighties. It is a stick and brick production style home, three bedroom, two bath mm. on a major road and, or not a major road, but a, uh, one of the thoroughs for that neighborhood. And the value of that house was at 205. Oh, wow. and it was like 300 square feet smaller. It's nowhere near the house. It's apple and orange between the two houses. And when we bought those two houses, they were pretty close to each other. Yeah. And it's like, this one's probably going to always be like 20 grand less than the 99 build. But what is doing it and i was like why is that how not the just hell that, is that but then it appraised when we refined like a lot lower than we wanted it yeah that one appraised lower than we inspected i think it yeah. appraised at like 170 and this was a year and a half ago yep. but what caused that is the amount of turnover and when we go back to low inventory of like nobody was and we look at this house the 99 build house like what causes prices to go up it has to compare to a recent sold so therefore in order for prices to rise you have to have things selling well, prices haven't risen on that house because nobody is selling within like a like a three quarter mile radius right. to allow prices to increase. You go over to that other one, and there's massive amount of turnover in the last six months, which has allowed prices to drastically increase and take advantage of those interest rates and stuff like that. To where you look at there's just when you go to your point of people moving, like you have no inventory, yeah. so that's driving prices up drastically, and people can't buy, they can't find a house, so they will rent. I I think we saw a six or seven percent increase in rent prices here in San Antonio year over year for the month of like November, December. That's unheard of. I've never seen over three for the yeah. three years that I've been tracking this stuff. So like a lot of the stuff that we track doesn't even make it into the market reports that we're following. And but like when you talk about those opportunities, like, I, don't, I don't think people would want to stick around the market report that long to track all the data that we like. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it takes a lot to put stuff like that yeah. together. But you pump all that additional money, you do all things, and they can't let asset prices like that fall at all. Because if you let mortgage rates across the board or rise to fall and asset prices fall like that across the board, yeah. you're going to have a situation like you had in 2008 where it was a death spiral to where like you need to be buying and holding. 
and just let it because I do believe those values are going to continue to increase over time. 100%. And with adding more money supply to it is only in the Fed stepping in saying they back the mortgage market. They're buying those bonds. So now it incentivizes those people to take riskier bets to yeah. keep those things moving. Well, I just saw, um, where was it here? Andrew Middlesat, he put the Dow Jones hit 31,000 uh, plus yesterday. Likely inflated because of cheap and easy money from multiple government or quasi-government entities. Um, that's exactly where that money is going. All the money they've been printing and pumping into the economy is not the economy. It's going into the stock market. Mm -hmm. Again, where are there opportunities to invest? With... Um, Oh, I gotta I'm trying. To, I'm trying not to get political, but like with more of a democratic, you know, not so fiscally conservative, uh, um, stricter regulation <clears throat> environment. Because that's one thing about well, their... not not just stricter regulations, but with more of a, a happy to print and put out money kind of government. What are the chances of the stock market crashing? I would say virtually impossible. Yeah, because as soon as it starts they're going to just dump a shit ton more money into it. Yeah. So you're looking for places to invest. Tesla, Tesla, I mean, Elon Musk, we were going to talk about just, did he end up surpassing Jeff Bezos yeah. officially? Yesterday he passed Jeff Bezos, I the talked, richest man in the world. We talked about him like right before Christmas break and all that. And I was saying how he was still like 40 billion or something like that off from Jeff Bezos. And now he passed them. Now, he passed them. Why? Because the stock market is going up. Yeah, it's a stock so value. At the same it. time, Be Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, they're number one, number two. They can easily fall to 67 if the stock market does anything. Because mm -hmm. this is not realized profit. This is artificial propped up value. You know, I, I was just uh, reading Bill Gross from PIMCO. He talked about saying that Tesla is extremely overvalued. They're like, Tesla is ridiculously well, overvalued. I mean, one of the things we want to talk about, I'll just give the stat now, is in 2020 alone, mm -hmm. Tesla rose 695%. 695%. They didn't increase their profit margins by 700%. They didn't increase it hardly at all. They, they met some deadlines. It's just like... And that value is so insanely high. It's like, when was the last time you saw stuff like this happening in the tech market? Hello, 1999, 2000? Hey, talk like about some, the tech bubble? <laughs> or somebody made the quote, or as well as Wells Fargo, that put out like the article of calling that Tesla is the new AOL of yeah. this era. It's like, it's just gone up so damn high. And you have a backlog of major companies, GM, Ford, Chrysler or like all these companies coming out saying competing with like high-end brands because Tesla's a high-end brand for electric vehicles. Then you have Mercedes, BMW coming out with their versions of electric cars. So you have a massive amount of competition trying to catch up. As like once that competition does catch up and there's options on the market, like there's I think there's gonna be some real problems, but the market keeps going up and people that's the problem when you get those kind of rises i mean bitcoin does the same thing we saw that in 2008 like once it starts getting more to the news and people see oh quick profits they have no idea like you uh, i saw an article on facebook and that's when i knew it's like that's the absolute wrong mentality to have it's getting too hot when somebody put an article on facebook or put a not an article an opinion it's like if you inherited fifty thousand dollars what would you do to grow it to a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and 80 percent of the things were 
invest in Bitcoin and buy Tesla stock. <laughs> just people that like, and you click on them, what do you do? Oh, I, I work at McDonald's. It's like, that's when you know, it's like, oh, okay, you got a problem. Like there, there's a bubble for when you have somebody that has no business about anything, they, they're just following the quick money, jumping and, in and dumping And now it. going back to it, you are giving people, if you, when, when, because I don't think it's an if, but when you start giving people $2,000 a month, they see those quick profits and stuff like that. Like, Ooh, I got an extra well, windfall. I, I was a seeing bunch of money. projections of, um, I want to say it was a big, I want to say it was Wells Fargo. I don't remember who exactly, but they were saying how they expect Bitcoin across a hundred thousand. Other ones are saying over 500,000 in the next couple of years. So when you're looking at people that are getting $2,000 checks um, and they don't need it and they're seeing a stock that's trading at 30 grand and they're saying projections of a hundred, 300, 400,000. Why wouldn't you invest in that? Oh, yeah. Right. I remember I, reading I mean, an article the, in uh, 2018 when Bitcoin crossed 20,000 for the first time. Yeah. They projected like, oh, when, it was the end of the year when like, oh, what's all going to happen in 2019? And somebody goes, Bitcoin hits $100,000 in 2019. And it was like, well, in 2019, it crashed and went way down. So, well, it, that, that's the reason <laughs> my, my personally, I'm out of the stock market. I'm not in it because, not because I believe it's going to crash or anything, but I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. Right. I understand real estate. This is the field I like to play in. This is the field I completely feel in control of. And I'm a control freak. And the stock market to me is not controllable. It's yeah. heavily manipulated. You know, it's again, do I feel that your money in the stock market is pretty secure? I actually do, because I just don't see and we've seen it time and time again. The country is not going to allow the stock market to fall. And if we look at, and this was an article I wanted to cover last time, but I felt it was going to be a little too macro. But if you look at Japan, Japan has been stagnant for like 30 years, right? The, their economy has just been kind of flat. Inflation has taken off everything. Now the actual Bank of Japan is one of the biggest investors in their stock market, direct investors. The Federal Reserve is already an investor in the stock market indirectly, Yeah, but they are directly investing in the stock market to prop it up there's no reason why the u.s wouldn't and they do the do same that unchecked the oh, federal 100%. reserve like because is, it's not american it's, it's not, not federal yeah and that's where they create is <laughs> to stabilize financial markets so they scam. can step in in yeah. any way they want without congressional approval okay. yes they have to have approval to give money to the government because the government has to approve that being spent but just like when they saw everything falling down in 2008 and they come in and like mortgage rates if you're in that market trying to do any kind of refinance at that moment rates went through the roof yep. you couldn't be a self-employed person and try like to get a rental property or, or anything like that but then also the federal reserve came in and said we got it and started buying all those back securities and are taking those quote-unquote risky assets at that time off their hands and that's just where, like, yes, it pumps into where I, I I had a great conversation last night with Andrew uh, about the stock market and, like, what does it do to where, like, you have all these people making these individual bets, putting money into Tesla, trying to get rich quick. And it's like, but over the long term, like, you can't go look back into history and be like, there's no way we're going to have the kind of growth of the last 10 years like we're having the next 10 years. It just doesn't make sense. He's like, but when you pump that amount of money into you, and you, we call it manipulation, but it's like, that's that is the market there is yeah. no quote-unquote manipulation that is just what happens with the market and things change like that all the time in the past history to where now moving forward it's just like put it in into a diversified etf and just buy the whole market 
and let the whole thing ride. But if you try to play with these things and chase this quick money, you give money to these people, like this is where it goes. Cause I saw it work out from a friend. Oh, I'm going to try it now. Yeah. And it's going to drive well, I me mean, further. We don't get financial advice, but you know, an index fund is more of the safest bet because an index fund is pretty much, it's a fund that's tracking an index and yep. the index always keeps the highest performers in that index so it's not a mutual fund where mutual funds get People tricky because they have particular companies and if that company those companies tank the mutual fund tanks but an index fund you know it's always being it's replaced matching. by the best and it's a it's a <clears throat> it's a portfolio of properties so instead of buying tesla and apple and amazon's like no it's buying you buy one that etf that tracks the sp 500 it owns the top 500 stocks right and it's diversified within that index by cap and there's all kinds of different For etfs sure. you can get in uh, index funds etfs you but can come across kind of talking about all these things um the wealth effect right and the security that they have is now you're starting to have these massive battles between the titans so we're having this, we're starting to see battles between Apple and Tesla that are starting to come up. And you have Apple that said by 2024, they're going to be launching a car. Uh, Apple's going to be launching the first car. Mm -hmm. You know, that's and directly it's gonna be, it's going to be an electric, <clears throat> it's like, it's an electric oh, car. Well, going back to, you know, what is this kind of um, political climate going to look like for the next couple of years? You better believe green energy is going to be a huge incentive for companies. Yeah. Anything, any company. Yeah, a huge opportunity, even for builders, even for real estate investors, anything green, you're probably going to get huge advantages, government help, all these things if you're willing to go that route. And you have Apple that's starting to go into the car market and go after Tesla. You know, and Elon Musk is not one to not compete in that realm. I have a question and, with that. How far do you think this will go <clears> with these big tech companies? Because you'd have these big tech, quote unquote, tech companies mm -hmm. becoming not tech companies anymore. Or you have like Amazon exactly. entering healthcare. You have Amazon because they're reinvesting all their capital and they're not becoming just, oh, I'm just Amazon as you traditionally know it. They do everything. Apple is a computer technology manufacturer, but now they're moving into manufacturing. It's like, how far do these companies go and how much money gets pumped into them? That's what's allowing them to do. It's like their stock prices go through the roof. They sell their stock and they have a ton of money to now go out and invest in a new industry, R&D, to take market share from somebody else on the lower third. Oh, and of it's the also getting to a point company. where where these guys, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, they're worth so damn much money that when it's talking about them spending 50, 100 million dollars when they're worth. 140 billion like it is a drop in the hat for them yeah it's like us spending five dollars at the gas station uh, yeah or, and even probably the, less than that like 50 cents it's insane like, so it's a, and the difference is that this is not on gas this is on actual like market domination so this is what happens with this kind of stimulus with these kind of policies is these companies just get bigger they get bigger they, and bigger and bigger and to capture more and more market share. And that's yes. the discussions we've had multiple times of about um, breaking up companies. And you don't trust the government ability no. to do that. But then it's also like the there has to be to a line somewhere because if you let that run, you will – they integrate into – I mean, one of your articles you have it here, like who Amazon just hired. Yeah. They have more money to influence their policies to let them get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to where eventually it's like – you like where I was going with that previous point is they have so much money they can enter a housing market 
and they have so much money and innovate and change and capture market share, like the open door aspect of it. So now you have Apple and Amazon building houses. Lennar, KB Homes cannot compete with the level, even though they're all publicly traded companies, they cannot compete with an Amazon because they just, they don't have the ability to get that much money because they can run at a loss for so long that's to the drive point. them out of business. And, that, that's, and now that puts more money in more power in even fewer and fewer. Well, and, fewer and that's the key is that people. the fact that companies like that, like we see open door, right? That re runs at a loss consistently. It's like, you're looking at these companies that can afford to run at a loss where smaller investors like ourselves or anybody else cannot compete we can't run at yeah. a loss because we don't have nor are we looking for institutional investors that are just going to keep dumping money into a failing business just because it's the economies of scale and then you're looking at tesla you're looking at amazon well, then right you have here where, that's stepping in that well prevents allows people to bail them out they take those risks amazon that they're doing it to me they're doing it right they're playing the game they just hired a yeah. lobbyist brother of biden uh house counselor wow well let's, so let's, biden's let's house that. counselor has a brother that's uh, a lobbyist and amazon hired him i don't know why the, that title just confuses Where me where's that article because i i have okay. it and so it's on cnbc so as you see here like they're hiring um that guy that's uh that works for the uh, the brother of the Biden campaign and everything. And they're hiring him as a lobbyist. And that guy is <laughs> funny because he says, um, Jeff has never and will never lobby his brother on behalf of any of his clients. And Steve has no role in his brother's business since he told since, since he sold his stake. stake in the firm in 2012. Bullshit. Like, you know, that, that whole thing of, oh, no, they're not going to do it because, you know, that's just wrong. No, you're hired by Amazon. They're not paying you chump change to lobby the government yeah, to do not. the shit that they need to do. Amazon now is launching, like you're saying, they're launching the health side. They're doing Amazon Care or something like that. They're launching the health side. They're, they just bought, uh, what was it, 15 jets or something like that from um, one of the airlines. From one of the airlines because so like, now they want to cut, so they want to cut out, you know, like UPS, FedEx. They want, Amazon is going to control if, if, the whole Area. And that's where it's I like, mean, at what point do you draw that line? That's like, yes, you can't do that. Cause like now, like the airlines are getting tanked and yeah. they're getting bailed out to stay afloat, but Amazon's coming in. It's like, well, they need cash and they're selling all these unused jets. Let's just go buy these jets and just, we'll just wait. So as all these big airlines start to suffer and if they don't get continue to get bailed out, Amazon comes with Amazon air. You have Amazon being an airline now Why not? or it's like, cause they reinvest yeah. all the profit. And that's one of the things that I do on, um, the democratic side is and that's where i think the united they were some common ground is realizing like we have a bit of a problem with these companies the way they're operating and getting infiltrated into the government to where you have like bernie sanders and, and biden that came out and said like how does a company make billions and trillions of dollars a year and pay zero tax it's because you have the way they incentive because they are smart it's like they realize like I don't want to pay tax, but if I reinvest in R&D and I go buy all this stuff, I get write-offs for that stuff, and now I can take opportunities, and they're getting so big to where um, when it was clear or becoming clear that the Democratic side was going to win Georgia, there was a bit of a sell-off in the NASDAQ more than the other in indexes yeah. because the tech companies are like, ooh, they've kind of been pretty critical on some of these tech 
companies, and they've also been talking about taking these massive capital gains rates from 20% to 40%. I'm going to go ahead and sell off my loss in the uh, the tech industry and get those gains before this stuff goes off. But now it's just back through the roof so again. So now let, let's have this little argument that you and I always have. Oh, Lord. Um, wanna, we're going to be on. Come on. Come on. This is fun. And I, I definitely want to hear from you guys in the chat. You you want the government to break up these companies and stuff like that, and I'm more I'm for. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I want the free market to do what the free market does, right? You say your argument is that that's not going to happen because these companies become so big that they just end up taking over everything, doing all these things. But the free market is still the free market. What happens? These airlines, you don't bail them out, right? They go out of business. Now, all of a sudden, Amazon comes in with an airline that can compete, that can put flights maybe at a cheaper price, more cost effective. You know, they can make it easier, cheaper to travel. Then you have Tesla and Elon Musk, and they start competing with airlines and they create their own airline with some high freaking efficiency airplane that goes from New York to London in a half an hour. You understand, like some bullet plane or whatever the hell they come up with. So mm -hmm. now you have cheaper, faster flights, more innovation. That's the free market to me. Yeah. My thing is when the government steps in, first of all, it's always an issue because you are having, like we talked about before, when you had uh, the Senate committee, you know, grilling Zuckerberg, you have these old ass politicians that know jack shit about technology grilling this freaking kid that can flip them upside down 10 times over with all the tech stuff they don't even they didn't even begin to understand what the hell he was saying mm. you understand yet they're the ones that are going to be responsible for breaking this up how can we trust that they're going to make the right decision you know and not just overreach and kill that level of innovation yeah you know what and, I mean? I, and i do agree with all those points of like it's a free market saying like yes they need to be wiped out. New business models need to be replaced. Capitalism needs to happen. And I agree with that 100%. But there also, I, there has to be a line somewhere because at what point does that stop to where mm -hmm. it's like eventually you have four companies that run the entire country. So now the CEOs of those companies, those four people become the untouchable, the upper class, like whatever they want happens and they care about themselves and themselves alone to where you go into the whole conversation of like why the electoral college is the way it is right because you'll just decimate it parts of the industry and people's livelihoods because it's like with technology we can replace 50 percent of the workforce it's like because we don't need them yes the economy would adapt at some point but if you make that change too quick and you now have these people that just like are at the top to where like, I don't want these companies to get broken up, but there has to be a point to where it's like, you can't let four people run wild well, and take over everything. But, but you're, you're assuming it's going to be four people because there's always been companies at any given time that have been the dominant companies in the country at any given time. There's always been a handful of companies yet as time goes on, what happens? Every company gets too freaking comfortable. You have Apple with Tim Cook. Tim Cook is not very innovative. 
You understand? Tim Cook has been doing an excellent job at keeping the stock prices high and making keeping it a very people, profitable company. Yeah, and making it a profitable company, but he's not an innovator, right? At some point, Apple either innovates or it's going to fall off. It's going to get its lunch eaten by somebody else. Mm -hmm. You understand? Them coming up with the smart car and stuff like that is very interesting. That's their way of innovating. But then you have Tesla. It's led by Elon Musk. You get Elon Musk out of Tesla. Tesla Ooh. stops being that powerful. If something so, happened where he died. But that... what I'm going at is the free market is the free market. Yeah. You're going to have major companies that are going to haul ass. And then you're going to have com those companies. Eventually, they're going to start fading away. And somebody else is going to come out. You, you're going to have them maybe taking over the airline industry. And then another company is going to come out and make it ineffective to fly. Because now they figured out other ways of who the hell knows, right? Yeah. But that's innovation. Yeah. But if you make it, my fear is this, if you make it where the government steps in every time that you're getting too big, I think it kills the motivation of these people to ever get big, to ever grow, to ever innovate, because it's like, well, what's the point if they're going to take it from me anyway? Well, what's the point of doing this or growing this if they're going to steal that it, from it's, me? It's a very sticky topic of like, where does that line get drawn? Because you can't not have some kind of regulation over this stuff yeah. because capitalism in itself works best when there's competition. The antitrust laws are when you eliminate competition and it's like, you just have one person that is a monopoly over the entire sector to where it's like, I can charge whatever I want to charge mm -hmm. and nobody can step up against me. Anybody that comes against me, I'd sue them, buy them out, suppress them and don't let them grow. So it's like, it's a double-edged sword where it's like, you never have the government step in, but capitalism free market does what the free market does but if it gets too large they eliminate competition and suppress it and now you eliminate innovation because of the access to capital to where if that person like we talked about if they control financial markets they control investors they control all this stuff so you need some form of capital in order to grow but it says if you touch or invest in these companies we're going to bankrupt you because they have to control. So there is a line that has to be drawn. Where is it at? Like they probe into these people, but then they, it's not like the government comes in and says, you're broke, you're breaking up tomorrow. It is a huge long process of all kinds of experts, lawyers, attorneys, they're coming in to determine yeah. if they're doing that. So it's like, yes, they're probing, but it's not just 50 senators or Senate committee being like Facebook. Yeah. There's 10 of us here. We all agree. You need to break up, separate it. Like, so there is a process, a long, very long process and, and, involved and, and, in that. I'm not saying that airlines need to go because this is not what happened now. What's happened now is not free market, right? The the reason airlines are hurting is not because of, and I believe I was reading it from Andrew that he was, because Andrew's a, is or was, I don't know what to say anymore, but is a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was saying how, I'm talking about back in 2001, 2008, how airlines got themselves into trouble. This wasn't that. Right. This is what hurts me as an entrepreneur is when I see businesses, especially small businesses, being put out of business for something that is not their fault. Yeah. You know, and that and, and I get, it's funny, like <laughs> I actually get emotional about this. Like when I mean it hurts me, I mean, it hurts me. Like I look at that because as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, we know the struggle that it is to run a business and own a business. Yeah. We know how hard it is. We know the challenges. We know the sleepless nights. The you know we we don't know if we're gonna eat next week. We we have a family to take care of. We have people that depend on us. It's such a stressful, you know, endeavor that we take on. But we take it on with pride and with pleasure to do it because we love what we do. Yeah. And for that to be taken from them, without that being their fault, 
and nothing you can do about it. Oh man. You can't like to where like you watch some of the, you see some of these stories coming out of these, like the, the, uh, New York and California about business owners. It's like reinvesting. Like we're going to follow your rules. Yeah. We're going to invest in a small restaurant that she put in like 80 grand into making outdoor space. And then just to have the government go, yep, but we're going to move the goalpost again. And now it's like, I, I'm done. And there's literally nothing you can do about it. No. I mean, you can do the things that she did. It, like she went social media. She complained about it. Well, again, you, she you, raised you can, money, be, you but, can be an entrepreneur and, and figure it out. Like we yeah. said, there's always opportunities. There's always ways of getting things done. But the issue is that, you know, it's still for a lot of people, that was maybe their one shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now they lost their business. They're either broke or heading into bankruptcy or heavily in debt. And that doesn't happen overnight. It, it can go away in a flash, but if you hit that level, it's like, there's like, how did you get into debt? It's like very slowly. Like, how did you go bankrupt overnight? Yeah. And it just like, and so when something gets to that level and the problem is like, I agree that that does create pressure, but when you overload the market with that many people at one time, it's like, there's not enough money to go around to help these people to create that stuff to where like you're going to have 50 you keep printing more. Come yeah. On. You're going to have other people just go into bankruptcy and go into default and decimate their lives for the next decade. Yeah. Because now if you declare bankruptcy, that shows up on your credit report for seven years. Yeah. 10 years, five years where it's like, well, what are we going to do that? So kind of talking about, you know, these massive companies and their overreach, um, you have Facebook that will block Trump from posting at least for the remainder of his term, at least because initially they had come out that it was going to be indefinitely. Then they say, well, until the remainder of his term and they're going to keep flip flopping. I, I mean, mean, Zuckerberg in a statement yesterday put that is it therefore we are extending the block we have placed on his Facebook and Instagram accounts indefinitely and for at least the next two weeks until the peaceful transition of power is complete. Yeah. So they blocked him. They said at least the next two weeks, we're actually throwing indefinitely out there like you are no longer like an Alex Jones aspect where he's blocked off from all platforms. And and this is something that, uh, you know, we're 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 on See, that, social media that's everywhere. Where I, get, I get scared is when you have people like that just saying we're going to eliminate your ability to communicate with the masses. And yeah. that's where I worry of like break them up in the sense that like if you have a technology company that owns all these platforms buy all this stuff where you have ideas they stifle new ideas stifle innovations if it's not their way it's the highway so i Therese. disagree again because we go back to what it is you you have facebook playing big brother right they've been doing this for quite some time now um I, honestly i don't even blame facebook because that is what congress wanted them to do congress wanted them to police everything even zuckerberg in one of his statements said like I'm sorry, I didn't create this platform for me to be putting my opinions on what people should post. You understand? Like, that's what the platform is there for, for people to post their stuff. Congress is the one that wanted them to police all of this. Well, right? now it's gone too far. So now they're now going the other direction. Because it's AI. It's not somebody actually yeah. doing it. It's AI. So they're like, all right, we'll put the measures you guys want. And this is what happens, even to the point where we're being policed. Yeah. You know, we it, there's ads that I've tried to create. There's posts that I've tried to do. And they're not letting us. Dude, I'm telling you, just call Facebook and complain. Yeah, I was going to call Zuckerberg, send them a little Well, that's uh, the thing with it. Like, you Instagram. can't reach these people. No. Like, you can't call. Like, there's an issue. Like, I'm not, what you're saying I'm doing, I'm not doing at all. But because a person doesn't see it, yeah, they, they'll review it and you can't talk to anybody. You're just like, 
I'm at odds. I don't know what to do. But back to uh, what you talked about, these companies are going after each other. Do you see what Elon Musk posted about uh, his opinion on what's going on? Yeah, that, that other he, app. And well, no, he no, he took a dig at oh. Facebook. It was a picture of a domino with like is only like seven dominoes. It got super small and got super big. Mm. And the very beginning one or the very first domino is something that says an app to rate the attractiveness of your colleagues in college because that's what facebook started as mm-hmm. and it's like and now it's grown into this massive thing that has so much weight that it's like i i think social media has exposed a lot of injustices a lot of the dark side of people because everyone can't communicate if they've made a lot of bigger problem they divided things even more over yeah. the last 10 years and it's like but the elon musk took a dig at it's facebook just saying like, hey, you started this little thing doing this and look what it's grown into because it grew so fast, so out of control, unchecked. And because of the regulations that the, the Article 230 they've been bringing up recently that they have no liability and you've created all kinds of problems. Like it's kind of the reap what you sow kind of uh, yeah. situation. Well, so, and, and something that I, I wanted to talk about and I'm trying to look, unfortunately it's uh, on my phone. I now put, I'll put it down below for you guys to check it out in a bit, but there's an app I recently downloaded that just came out. That is an app that is considered. Uh, the, video. Yeah, I know. Okay. It, it's considered the, un, unfortunately there's some short keys that I need to figure out what the hell they are because whenever I hit it, it switches to another scene. That's just no video. Um, but, it's this app that's actually, they call themselves unbiased news because it's an app where you can actually select whether you want left wing news, right wing news, center news, and it's going to tell you which news organizations are carrying that information. And based on that news organization is how you're going to be able to um, actually look at the headlines, look at all these things, and you're going to be able to see, am I reading the news from a left wing? Am I reading the news from a right wing, center, all this? Now, obviously my question, and I haven't dug into the app, but my question is more like, well, what makes you unbiased to say which one is left and right, right? But you know, I got to dig into the app. Maybe they have algorithms yeah, or whatever. Another, but another yeah. app that uh, a friend of mine turned me on to. I haven't played with it hardly at all, but he said it was on the same premise. It's called uh, Ground News. I where... think it was that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ground News. Yep. And like I played with it some and I didn't understand like how it was because I mean, it shows like as a blue line a gray line that's bigger and a red line that's smaller that says like this is more left leaning, more neutral, more Republican uh, style article where it's like but to your point, like, I don't understand how you're doing that or how you're rating that to get people to do that. So, yeah. So, I mean, so as you guys see on the screen right now, this is the website, Ground News. They have the app. Uh, and then you have things like down here. It says like 46% left coverage from 11 sources, uh, 50% center coverage from 20 sources, 61% left coverage from 18 sources. So it, it's, if you want and this is what we've spoken about quite a few times on this is that you need to be in the middle all right i I don't care what your political affiliations are you have to be in the middle as an investor you have to look at things 
from an unbiased perspective, regardless of you like or you hate Biden, you like or you hate Trump, things are what they are. They are where they are. And you need to be able to look at it for what it is and how can you take advantage you make decisions because, for yourself. Well, the thing is that by the time you're done being so damn emotional about all these things that are happening, all these things you disagree with, guess what? They happened anyway. And you're over here crying to your mother while other people are taking advantage and making it successful for them and you're struggling your business is failing now just because you put your foot down and this is not fair and it hurts my feelings the market doesn't give a damn about your feelings yeah you can only you okay there's a time for like this is bullshit this is unfair it's like but you can't go on for long like that because you're gonna go broke like you have to adapt to the game that's being played yeah and like that's where it i mean you get into a lot of topics on that it's like yeah but the game's unfair it's rigged okay and and like, that you saying that statement isn't making you money. Now, if you create a platform for the people that agree with you and figure out ways to monetize that opinion, there you go. It's yeah. like, but you can't just sit still and just be like, well, I'm just going to wait. And, but that's the issue with like the government's giving money. It's like, there's not that financial drive anymore. There's not that need. He's like, well, I bet you can complain about it, but the government's giving me money just to sit here. So I don't need to do anything about it. It's like, but it's making care. people dependent on that aspect. Once you start that, that faucet, you can't turn it off. Yeah. So that's that is the worry long term of what things are happening well, with that. And then another another topic I wanted to hit is that you have um, the Mall of America. So we're going to finish with all real estate news now. But you have the Mall of America is no longer delinquent on one point four billion dollars in mortgage. And I was curious because uh, as I talked to Val about it, we were curious as to how these major malls are going to do with retail shops closing and all these have things happening. To, have you ever been to Mall of America? No. Or seen anything about it? Do you like, know anything about it? It's a big mall. You know, they have, they're, they're, yeah, but how big that mall is? Very, very big. Yeah, like the fact city. that they, they have a theme park built inside the yeah. mall. Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I think it's called Camp Snoopy or was when I was a kid, but I've been there. And it's like... Dude, it is insane how big that place is. And I, was, I haven't been there since I was like nine or 10 when we lived in Minnesota. But like, it's like five or six stories tall and then just huge. Yeah. I mean, it's a like massive, massive, well, massive. So now mall. they're no longer delinquent. And I was curious because I was like, man, I would love to see a mall that size. What did they do to turn it around? So I'm reading the article. I'm like, all right, what, what's going on? What kind of stores are they? Are they reinventing the wheel? Like, I'm excited. I'm excited about this. I'm just slugging. And it's like, Nope, they just got a massive loan. More investors came in, gave them more money um, to pay for all the debt because they have a strong confidence in long-term success and viability of the mall. That's it. And I'm like, okay, so... They didn't I, come up with anything new. They just No, did, they no just... sound investing, but we go back to the same thing. When you know that you're not at risk, you know... These corporations, these companies, these big banks, they're all going to get bailed out. They're all going to be taken care of. 100%. Where's the risk? Well, that's Where's the, the risk? And, but the game you have to play to where it's like you almost have to go that route. Otherwise, yeah. like you're the one that loses because you're playing by 20, uh, 2010 rules, but everyone's playing by 2020 rules where it's like, shit, you almost have to play that game with them because they're getting returns. So when thing gets bad enough, they reaped all that money and then somebody stepped in, they never realized the loss. Yeah. So now it's like, now that re-incentivizes them to continue to do that behavior that got there. And eventually it's like, they just have more money and more capital and more power than you do because they played the game that way and you did it in an old way. So it makes it very, very tricky of what's going to happen and where it's going to go into the future. What? But it's also one of the things to where it's like, you can't just stick your head in the sand for very long. 
because no. everything changes so fast and you need to turn into coffee with the johns every morning every friday morning at 8 a.m because we'll keep you informed yeah um, for sure. but it's you need to understand you can't and and that's why we like we try not to get too political with this but it's like politics well, and business you? run directly together because yeah. you need to understand what is happening and what's going well even speaking of politics and business you have, you had an article up here about uh the the tidal wave yeah that's an, i wanted to lead roll right into that to where it's like where's the opportunity we always yeah. like you need to understand that and i didn't realize like how big of a tidal wave this was until i started doing the market report because i did it on one over the entire state of texas i did about texas and the economy and why texas is good and then broke down individual markets but yeah. the initial portion um it tied right into this where uh governor abbott came out on this was i can't remember when this article was actually written uh, december around the big uh mid-december is on friday the number of companies declining to deciding to move their headquarters to the lone star state has accelerated due in part to the coronavirus and i have been on the phone this is a quote directly from him i have been on the phone on a weekly basis with ceos across the country and it's not just california yeah. cost of business means a lot no income tax means a lot but also the freedom to operate within the without the heavy hand of regulation means a lot this has turned into an absolute tidal wave they are looking for a state that gives them the independence the autonomy and the freedom to chart their own course how big a tidal wave is that in the last was a decade or 20 was it a decade or 20 years this last decade, over 200 companies have moved their headquarters to the state of Texas. Yeah. Out of that 200 in the last 10, 10 years, 74 companies, so almost half, between 2018 and pre-pandemic. 74 companies in a year and a half, or was it, no, 2018, 19, and into the pre-pandemic. So just in that two and a half years. So this wasn't something that happened because of the coronavirus right it's like this is something that was already happening and happening in a wave that was getting huge and now it's like and then he's saying that the coronavirus has exacerbated that thing where people saw the government the way they're stepping in they're like screw this we're done mm -hmm. we're moving with our pocketbooks and now we can tie that all back into like throwing money at these problems isn't going to fix that problem because it just re-incentivizes to continue those policies but over time it is going to drain people are going to leave towards like where's the opportunity in that it's like these are all kinds of companies not just big tech companies moving yeah. it's like if you're a realtor like targeting finding these companies find these people finding where these jobs are going what kind of industries because like it's okay a company moves its headquarters to here well if it's a big tech company that's moving its headquarters what do big tech firms need they need lawyers they need creative design they need all kinds of new businesses and opportunities to where yes some companies are going to move but if it's a smaller company that supports say uh what was it, hp and oracle that moved here yeah. they might not have the ability to move so realizing what those companies need when they move here and creating those businesses to to provide for them because when they move a whole market has to adjust to that new massive employer there to where you can now step in and the create the opportunity, create the information that they need to successfully thrive here within those Texas. Like there's massive amount of opportunities. So finding out what are those 200 companies, what industries are they in and providing the things that they need and then finding out who's moving and where they're moving and not say attack, but market to those people and yeah. find the opportunities attack. that are within that.
Yeah. So that is what the article, well, the title and, wave and thing talking goes. about not being emotional, right? Because that I think is, I think that was the biggest thing that hurt so many business owners in 2020 is their emotions. This is not fair. This is not right. And all the things, right? And I, I want you to actually write this down somewhere, you know, um, mm -hmm. in, in your, no, well, yeah, you should. Yeah. But uh, somewhere, you know, on your phone, screensaver, and I want you to write down the words, okay, and, <laughs> all right? So whenever you want to sit there, bitch and moan about how unfair life is, I want you to read that. Okay, and. Why? And it's not because I want to be an asshole or anything like that. It's because, okay, and? That makes you start thinking okay yes it sucks man it's unfair these guys are assholes you know whatever okay what are you gonna do about yes, it? okay and and what are you gonna do about what it? are you gonna do about it what are you gonna do how are you gonna change it how are you gonna make it work for you it's a, you know because you that... have hold on you have right now that you know biden georgia all these things that just happened it's all going that way so i was reading this article on um housing wire that is what Georgia outcome means for Biden's housing agenda. Uh, and again, all the articles, all the links, everything's going to be posted below right after this, um, this live is over. But I was reading this article and they made some excellent points based on how quickly now everything is going to be fast tracked. So, of course, they're like, you can definitely expect the $2,000 stimulus. You can definitely expect more stimulus being put out. Every Any appointee that Biden is going to want to have, it's going to be fast-tracked because there's no oh, there's nobody that can go against it, right? They have the majority everywhere. They can appoint anybody to any position pretty much, and it's just going to go through. And because of all the stimulus and everything, they're actually... Several analysts, uh, you know, this was in the article, have published that they've re, um, re calculated, yeah, reevaluated um, the GDP forecast for 2021. So before this happened, their GDP forecast was 3.6% and 3%. Now, because of this, their forecast is 4% GDP in 2021. Because they're like, we know there's going to be as much stimulus being dumped into the economy as necessary. Now, they're going to dump as much money into the economy. Therefore, they're going to prop the GDP up. So that was their projection on that. They're saying that because of all this, GDP is going to go up. So now my question and my question to you, right, and people listening is, if that's the case, if GDP is going to go up and all that, what does that mean for interest rates? What is that going to mean? Is the Federal Reserve going to change their stance on interest rates now? Is it going to be that, you know, we can expect mortgage interest rates to start going up if GDP hits that? Well, because before they were saying, the Fed was saying that interest rates weren't going to go up until like, what, 2024 or some shit? You know, now is it going to be sooner? Are they going to readjust all this? Because, you know, who was it? Is it Colin Powell, the, the Fed of the chair? Uh, no, no, Jerome the Fed Powell? of the chair. No, what's his name? Okay. I always get his name wrong. The Fed chairman. Um, Steve Mnuchin? That's the treasurer. No, that's secretary. the secretary. secretary. Well, anyway. Jerome Powell. That's Jerome Federal, Powell. Yeah, the Federal Reserve. That's who I'm asking. Yeah. yeah you said Colin Powell. Uh, whatever. It's a pal. But <laughs> pow, pow. It's a pal. But 
he's been asking for more stimulus for the longest time yeah he wants please let me put out well, more he wants well, his fix because it's, that's the thing it's like they can step into financial markets but they can't get money to the bottom third right because the bottom third doesn't own assets that can be purchased so you go back into these billionaires of mark cuban and kevin o'leary then you go uh, ray dalio it's like from somebody that they make money off these things it's like look you got to get money to these people at the bottom third quantitative easing yes it's stabilized they make stock markets go up but like you're creating a massive divide that quote unquote, like the <laughs> K-shaped economy, right? Yeah. You're making everybody that's rich, even more richer, but you're making everybody that's poorer, even poorer by doing this stuff. Like, and that's why I saying you need to do more stimulus, but it's also where you had the divide of like just dumping money into on a broad basis without making it targeted is where I don't agree with it. And that's where the Republicans are like, we want to do stimulus, but we want to do it in a targeted way. We want to do it to the places that are actually hurting that actually have, and uh because where it's like they make yeah. the point where like somebody that works for a tech company making seventy five thousand a year or fifty thousand dollars a year, sixty thousand dollars a year, they never lost their jobs. They made more money because the fact is like I don't have to drive. I can now eat at home. I don't have to go out and eat. Like they were making more money and then now you give them a two thousand dollar check. Like why do they need the two thousand dollar check? They didn't lose their job, it didn't do anything. It's like now they can now enter the stock market, but it's like well, and then also one of the things here is that they talk about Biden was uh, proposing the fifteen thousand dollar first time home buyer um, credit. tax credit, right? So they're like, that's going to go through. So now you have first time home buyers getting more credits, right? So as real estate investors, that puts even more buyers out there. My thing you is know, like it just increased demand anymore when you can't even supply the, the so, market with okay, the demand well, at once. But then, then that's your opportunity, right? Because now builders are building like crazy because they're like, guys, don't even worry about the money. Go build because all of these incentives, all of these things that they're going to be doing, all this stimulus they're going to be dumping into the market prices are going to shoot through the roof now yeah you understand prices are going to go through the well, roof they may not make sense right now but they're going to make sense by the time we're done there's your inflation because uh one of our contractors literally just texted me uh that plywood went up four dollars more a sheet four dollars another four dollars where it's like you're paying almost 40 bucks for a sheet of plywood that would have cost you six bucks seven bucks a year yeah. ago i was like and what because doing stuff like that because my thing is like they want greener energy, uh, greener houses. It's like now you require us as a builder to put all that stuff in our house, increase in home, but now we need to regulate you to do it, which slows down the process. So it's like, we want people to enter the housing market and be first time homeowners. And then it's just like, great. There's already no inventory. And now you created more buyer demand, which is going to take asset prices through the roof even faster. But then when we go back to it, you have to have that turnover of people wanting to move to create that drive and that appreciation but it's now it's, you have this massive demand like you need to deregulate something you need to increase the speed of it like you can only build so damn fast and when you have a generation that doesn't want to be tradesmen yeah, yeah. there's a massive opportunity there of like how do you build housing faster and cheaper you know because <laughs> i mean you know and, and that's where you know where i think it's gonna get very tricky because you're gonna start having to see you're going to start seeing builders build at whatever the cost is you know even if it's high even if it doesn't make sense in the moment and then they're gonna 
they're going to push the prices up. Yep. They're going to make their houses cost what they need it because to cost. Because now you have this so they make a process. credit in there. And over the long term, it's like when they try to remove that eventually in some future regulations, like we can't because that's going to let they hit the market like that because exactly. it's so dependent on where I talk about with like the George Gammon thing. Like every time somebody regulation, some pandemic goes up, the government spending never drops down as far as it was pre the recession or whatever the situation was. Well, it keeps making it more and more dependent on this funny money, you know, all this stuff, all this propping, all of this, it, it keeps making the economy, the investors more dependent on all of that. So you're going to have a huge issue if at any point we want to get back to normal or what I think is more likely you know that term that's just so overused this becomes the new normal yeah. right where it's like this just is how the world works now mm -hmm. right because you I always hear a lot of economists and, and more of the um you know fiscally conservative side and all of that and they talk about this has to crash this has to correct this can't keep going up they're media company and, themselves they spread yeah, fear to and get eyeballs my thing is like well no because i i agree with what they're saying I mean, it's yes, like it has to base. the thing is that is i don't it, think it will, will it? yeah i don't think it will i think that this is just how things are now and how they're going to be because then you look at other countries china europe they're all doing the same thing yeah so what you know usually when is this going to correct when you have somebody else doing it better yeah. right doing something better doing something different and they eat your lunch but if that's not happening and everybody's doing the same thing how how is any you know yeah. why are you going to change you know we had this conversation the other day with um well yesterday alone with one of the uh investors that we were talking to he was telling me, yeah, but you know, all these wholesalers and charlatans that we see, especially here in San Antonio, that are all over Facebook, they have a huge following. They're talking so much nonsense. They talk, you know, make it seem like, oh, we should take pictures of the checks they get, all this crap. And we know that the stuff they push is so bad because they're pushing, you know, how to, how to lie, how to cheat, how to steal. Some of these people are being blackballed by title companies. So they're terrible. And they're like, you know, you, you're on social media. Why don't you say something? I was like, because somebody like that doesn't need to change mm -hmm. because the le the way they run their business, whether we don't agree with it because it's not morally right, it's still successful for them. Yep. And it's the same with these things. Why are they going to change when they are being successful with what they're doing? Yeah. They're not, they don't need to, they don't have to. It's like, and I'm not going to drop down and argue with somebody at that level. Cause there's that old saying, it was yeah. like, never argue with a stupid person. They'll beat you down to their, you drop to their level. They will beat you and they will beat you with experience. hundred percent. And then now you've just tarnished your name and who you are. Yeah. And in this industry, your name is everything. And like but, I said, somebody like that, wholesalers like that, I can't bring them up to our level of integrity or morals because they don't need to come up to that no level. There's no financial need to do it. There's no, no direct risk responsibility they're too short-sighted they see the the paycheck and that's it they're not looking past that and since they are making so much money it's like i don't need to change anything why would i change anything? this is working you're the one doing it wrong because yep. you're not making money they only look at the monetary value in today and their recent past yeah not where it's going in the future because i think in the next with this administration when things going this way like it's gonna be it's gonna get 
crazy. Like real estate's going to change at a very rapid pace because if you see this massive demand and prices rising up, people are going to enter that market. What's going to stop Amazon and like I talk, Amazon, Apple, and everybody to come in and be like, shit, we're a technology company. It's COVID technology. We can literally 3D print a house. We set up a machine and you can print everything you need to do and it drastically reduces the cost to build it. Or when we talked about the um, yesterday, the container homes of like, okay, I have this container. I can outfit it. I can build it. I can get it in place and I can put it there in half the time, yeah. quarter of the time. And now once the regulations for lending catch up, realize like, hey, we can lend against that thing. The government, we big players get in there and says, okay, we can back that with FHA loans. It's like, boom, huge boom in that aspect of the business to fill it to where there's going to be huge huge opportunity and you have to be, have your eye to the, your eyes and ears to the ground of like, what's going to happen? Where's it going to go? Cause right. I think this is going to change a lot of things very rapidly and society's not slowing down of its pace of change. Well, and that's why, you know, if you want to understand like what you should be adapting to, how to change, how to stay up on all this, you have to be watching coffee with the Johns. Cause I mean, that's exactly what we do here. As you saw this episode, you know, we cover exactly what's happening and what is it that you can do about it? You understand? So uh, with that being said, we're wrapping up here. We hit two hours. So, I mean, this and, and we can definitely keep going. Um, but keep uh, make sure you subscribe and share this with people. Let people know what we're doing. Help them out. Uh, help us out. We we, um, we really want to get the subscriber count up. We want to get our reach out there even further so we can make people and help people invest in real estate the right way so we can just stop being so you know, embarrassed of when we call ourselves real estate investors because we are associated with, you know, no offense to use car salesmen, but it's being started compared to that because of how shady and how terrible these investors are out there. Um, that's our mission. Our mission is to make people, help people invest in real estate the right way. That's our goal. That's our purpose with all this. We're trying to show you the data. We're trying to show you the news so you understand what's happening, what's coming, and how you can take advantage of this. There's no reason why all of these things that come need to catch you off guard. There's no reason why 2021 needs to be a terrible year. You understand? There are going to be terrible things that happen, but it's going to be up to you whether they happen to you or not. You understand? So, Tommy Ray, make real estate investing great again. Make real estate. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, mean? I, I don't like, think I'm going to take that tagline. Probably. Um, well, that's also the thing I, I talk about a lot in, in our videos. Like, think for yourself. Don't be so reactive. Be something that you look for the opportunity. You look for threats. Don't just cry about what has happened. Yeah. It's the, I like that thing, the okay and. I like, oh, this is so terrible. Okay and. Think for yourself. Take responsibility for yourself and take action. Yeah. And don't just sit there and cry. Yeah. So thank you all for watching. Um, again, make sure you subscribe, hit that bell because uh, I'm going to be doing tips from the pros. It's going to be live on YouTube. So you can ask the pros questions as we're doing it. Uh, that's going to be coming back this month. And we're going to be doing at least one of them every single month. And I'm going to be bringing in local experts that are actually successful in real estate and not just talking it, actually successful in all aspects. We're gonna have hard money lenders to explain even the hard money lending term. I'm gonna have lenders. traditional lenders. We're gonna have, you know, everybody fix and flip, owner finance. The first guest is gonna be Tommy Ray that he's gonna be talking about the snug living and everything like that that he's doing. That's uh, I think an incredible strategy. So make sure you stay tuned, help us spread the word, share it everywhere. Let your friends know every Friday morning, 8 a.m. 
get your coffee, whatever you like to drink at 8 a.m. and meet us here. And I promise you, I am going to keep working hard to make sure we don't have so many damn glitches every time we go live. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep going at it and eventually I'll hopefully figure this stuff out. Yep. So with that being said, guys, thank you all for watching. Have a good week. Have an amazing weekend and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.